hold on to me as we go As we roll down this unfamiliar road And although this wave is stringing us along Just know you're not alone Cause I'm gonna make this place your Good morning, Hamilton. This is Rob Golfy with Remax Escarpment, the Golfy team. Welcome to the Hamilton Real Estate Show with Rick Zamprin. Yes, good morning. Also in studio, Philip Golfy, sales representative with Remax Escarpment Realty, the Golfy team. And we have a special guest in studio as well. We'll get to her in a matter of seconds. Don't forget the phone number to call the Golfy team is 905 575 7700. Buying or selling a home, give them a call at 905 575 7700. Don't forget, Golfy gets it sold. RobGolfy.com is the website that's rob g-o-l-f-i dot com they're all over social media check out the rob golfy facebook page at rob golfy on twitter and instagram our special in-studio guest lindsey harvey from cmhc that's canada mortgage and housing corporation lindsey how are you hi good morning thanks so much for having me thanks for joining us in studio lots to talk about including some big news from canada mortgage and housing corporation we'll get to uh, how resilient the canadian uh, housing market is in comparison to the U.S. and uh, some of the difficulties that they have uh, gone through. We'll talk about the Bank of Canada and the uh, key benchmark interest rate holding steady at 1%. What does that mean? Also talk about uh, Chinese buyers coming to the Canadian real estate uh, market despite the foreign buyer taxes. Yes, they're still coming over. We'll talk about whether this is still a buyer's or a seller's market here in Hamilton. But to begin the show, we'll talk about the uh, the European uh, excursion that you guys went on. You were at the REMAX Europe Convention in Lisbon, Portugal. Uh, how was it? Uh, it was great. The city's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yes, That's no, it, it was. Uh, you know what? Uh, there, there's always something you learn. And w- when I when I go to the European conventions, I uh, the things that you pick up are the things like they're so far behind us when it comes to um, uh, what we do today here in Canada or the U.S. Uh, in real estate sales and marketing and everything else, but. It's sometimes if you go back in time, it, and it, that, that's how Portugal is. Like, you you pick up things, say, hey, you know what? That's not a bad thing. What they're doing now, even though we've done that thirty years ago, but sometimes you need a reminder on some certain little things. Uh, but but the port, like most of Europe, it it is far behind hmm. behind us when it comes to doing anything with real estate transactions, marketing, uh, communications, and everything. Uh, but um, I, I always like to learn what what other countries, other cultures, they have in mind. So when I when I'm when I'm walking by, I, I I stop at every real estate office. I pick up the magazines, and I you know just to see what is different. I mean, some I, you can't read it, read some of the stuff because it's obviously in their language. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But just you know the layout of the magazine sometimes how they do it. Sure. What what attracted me to look at that. Um, makes a huge difference because it's you know what I learned from there. Obviously, I will implement some things that I do learn, and obviously, it'll help my clients when I'm selling their homes. Right. But but no, great. Uh, it, it, you do learn a lot of things uh, in um, when you go to these European conventions. So when you say they're decades behind, maybe give us an example of, of something that th- they're they're not doing that we've been doing for a long time. Well, they um, it, it it's uh, it's funny though. Like in so, it, so in Portugal, Portugal is one of the strongest countries with Remax. So when 
Remax lists a house in Portugal. Mm-hmm. They have a, a, an agreement signed, and it's signed. Most of the other uh, uh, brokers, um, to have multiple listings, they have six signs on the front lawn. Really? <laughs> yeah. So, so that's how they deal with their multiple listings. So, so you've wow. got uh, a a a company, a brokerage uh, putting a sign there, B brokerage and C brokerage. Interesting. Now, the thing is, the way it works there is it's like an exclusive listing. So, if you're looking to buy a house. And you want to buy that house, let's say, on Main Street. And if it's listed by um, a brokerage, you have to go through a brokerage to buy it. So now, but what Remax has done is they've, they've become very powerful in Portugal. If you buy, if Remax has a listing in Portugal, and you can actually go through any other Remax agent to buy that house. Oh, okay. So it's... Uh, so they're trying to bring a multiple listing service to Europe mm-hmm. and it's it's taking a long it, it has taken time but it's start it's 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 starting to roll now the snowball is starting to roll and uh, people are starting to see the benefits of it the realtors are starting to see the benefits of it because they right. can sell that house that's down the street and get and make money without having you know because listings are everything right so mm-hmm. if you have a mm-hmm. listing you'll get the buyer but the thing is the buyer has to go through you to get to, to buy that listing but right. and we have the multiple listing service here. Yeah, so what, what, basically what it is is they're double-ending. They can only double-end their, their listing, and they can't sell anybody else's listing, something that we're getting away from, yeah. but, but that's the only thing that they can do, basically. If, if, the, you know, if the sign is on the lawn, you can only deal with that person. Interesting. Yeah, so wow. it's, it's very interesting. And then other stuff, uh, uh, what I noticed in terms of practices, like a, a client relationship management system, they were just introduced to it. This is something that, you know, our company's been using for a while. Mm-hmm. That sort of thing. It's, <laughs> you know, um, organizational structures and, and, and that sort of thing. So it was, it was it was neat to see as to where they're at. Yeah. And and it's like you want to help them and, and guide them and, and show them. So are you are you thinking, uh, man, we should we should uh, expand the golfie team to Lisbon, <laughs> Portugal, and we would just, you know, dominate here. Oh, was, no <laughs> kidding. We would, we would blow that right up. Wow. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, how are housing prices there? I mean, uh, I'm always curious so about. So we asked them, we asked them, like, we're like, what's the market like? Yeah. And, and what's going on? And right now, they're experiencing. Experiencing the the multiple offers, they're okay. experiencing um, you know a lot of a lot of discount brokerages that are coming into the market um, that are that are you know forming and, and starting up. They're they're experiencing a lot of for sale by owners, um, and we compared it to our market for the last two years in terms of you know every time we came into the show we're talking about the multiple offers or the mm-hmm. holding offers and that sort of thing. So they said they've been going through that market um, for the past three to four years now. And I said, don't don't let the government get involved. Cause <laughs> <laughs> they'll uh, they'll flip it upside down really quickly. Yeah. But uh, and yeah. and Rob, you spoke to uh, a small group as well, right? Yeah, I spoke to a small group of uh, agents uh, in Portugal. They all speak they all speak English there, uh, also. And they uh, one of the people that was organizing this was ha- was going to have a class on how to deal with multiple offers because they have no clue how to deal with it. Hmm. And the average selling price uh, where um, where where I was speaking, um, I think it's about maybe one hundred and fifty to two hundred thousand um, yes. euros, and uh, so which is very low. Like Portugal is actually pretty reasonable to to go to because hmm. I mean you know everything is a lot lower cost wise than if you went to a different country in Europe. But um, but yeah, they're learning a lot of things. The one thing is, we're trying to implement our uh, correct ways of doing things. They don't have uh, like uh, RICO there, Real Estate Council of Ontario. Like they're not governed. I mean, they can 
make up any rule they want, right. which is, I mean, it's like it's like the 1940s here, you know. <laughs> so I mean, like in uh, I, I think like 75 years ago, you just uh, show up at the uh, a bureau and say, I, I want my real estate license. Right. And say, here you go, there you go, and you're all set. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but they um, but they they don't have like strict governing rules. But so Remax because they're the leader. Uh, and they and they you know Portugal's I think's got uh, uh, six, over six thousand real estate agents in Portugal, mm-hmm. Remax agents, mm-hmm. and they're trying to implement things the right way. And 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 it's it's snowballing. Portugal probably um, if you're not a Remax agent in uh, Portugal, you will probably be left out. And uh, that and th- it's just because Remax is implementing you know con- like you know the right way to do a buyer uh, agency agreement and seller contracts and everything. Right. Like I said, you know if if you want multiple listings service, you have to have six signs on your front lawn. So whoever came with a buyer first got the deal. Hmm. You know what I mean? It's in it's 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 kind of a backwards way, but I mean that's that's what they know and they don't they don't have uh, the structure that we have here in uh, Canada. Very interesting. Uh, buyers or sellers market here in Hamilton, where do we where do we stand right now? Right now it's more of a little bit of a buyer's market. Um, a lot of people are still stuck on the prices from earlier uh, this year. Mm. Um, a lot of, um, sometimes a lot of inexperienced agents uh, that haven't sold that many homes, they're, uh, when they're doing their market uh, uh, compatibility of, of other homes, they're going too far back into the spring and saying, hey, you know, this house sold for this, this, this. I think we can get you that. And they're hurting their clients because um, they're thinking they can get 900000 for their house. And really, it's going to end up being at seven seventy five, right. and uh, And it's, it's just... It, you know, people are still overlisting right now, mm-hmm. and a lot of houses are sitting. But not not only that, not only about the price, but there's the buyers out there. There's they're they're not uh, out there as much. But if you price your house right, there's no doubt it, it'll sell. Mm-hmm. Um, so the key thing is pricing it right. Um, and now is a good time to buy. Everybody, don't sit on don't sit around. I'm telling you, January, February, March, when it comes around, the market I predict will be. Better, not as not as crazy as it was earlier this year, but it will be better, and you will be competing against your uh, uh, other people uh, buying the house. So, so if you see something now, jump on it. You're gonna probably be able to negotiate a decent deal, and uh, and 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 then you can move into the new year. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, we all know that the golfy team prices homes correctly, and uh, uh, others, obviously, as you mentioned, are, are having a difficult time of, of doing that. Still looking at previous prices. When do you think that will ultimately balance? Balance out in terms of the other agents, kind of figuring out what what should be done. They, you know what, it, it, it's a, a lot of expired listings are happening right now, right. and we're getting a lot of calls because everybody's upset. I, I just went on a an evaluation last night, and um, they uh, they originally started at uh, um, close to nine hundred thousand, and the house is probably worth about seven. I'd say seven seventy-five to seven eighty. No, mm. n- no doubt. Mm-hmm. We just sold one around the corner from it for eight hundred and ten thousand. Uh, and but like every house has different things in it that would would attract or subtract uh, from uh, the uh, the demand of it. And uh, so they so the last time they had it listed was just this past week. It was at eight fifty, and I I suggested you know eight hundred is the is the number. We sold the one around the corner. Um, we did get lucky because they had an in-ground pool, and the, we had the buyer that was looking for a house with an in-ground pool. Mm. They paid a little bit of a premium for it, and they got eight hundred and fifteen thousand for it. But uh, these people, they're hoping to get over eight hundred, and I and I said it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. And I said eight hundred. I'm not going to bother you about price reductions. You, I will get you a buyer for your house, but it's it's the price is going to be eight hundred. 
Yeah. Interesting. All right, still to come on the Hamilton Real Estate Show, we're going to talk about uh, how resilient the Canadian housing market is in comparison to the U.S., uh, Bank of Canada and its uh, benchmark interest rate holding steady, and uh, what's attracting Chinese buyers to the Canadian real estate market despite that foreign buyer's tax, not only here in uh, the GTA, but uh, over in uh, Vancouver as well. That and a whole lot more still to come here on the Hamilton Real Estate Show on 900 CHML. Welcome back. This is the Hamilton Real Estate Show on 900 CHML. My name's Rick Samprin in studio this morning with Rob Golfie, sales representative with Remax Escarpment Realty, the Golfie team. Also here with us is Philip Golfie, sales rep with Remax Escarpment Realty, the Golfie team. Call them today if you're buying or selling 905-575-7700. RobGolfie.com is the website. That's Rob, G-O-L-F-I.com. At Rob Golfie on Instagram and Twitter and check out the Rob Golfie Facebook page. And if you have a question for the Golfie team, you can email questions at robgolfie.com. That email address, once again, is questions at robgolfie.com. Our special in-studio guest today is Lindsay Harvey from CMHC. Uh, we'll get to her in a matter of seconds, but you guys were at a conference uh, just the other night uh, talking about some interesting stats. Yeah, we were at a, a, at a training uh, a conference in uh, Collingwood for, uh, for two days, and uh, the one thing I found uh, they were they were mentioning, and they and, and these stats came from the Toronto Real Estate Board, which is about almost fifty thousand realtors mm. in the GTA, and they found that seventy five percent of the sales in the GTA are made from teams. Teams. Okay. So that it, it's showing you that uh, teams are are kind of the way of of the future that's that's happening. It's 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 been happening a long time, but but those are uh, amazing stats. Like 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 slowly in in what's happening is the teams are 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 taking. Uh, mar- bits and pieces of market share away f- away from the individual agents. Mm-hmm. The teams do have a lot more to offer than any individual agents. Right. I'm not I'm not putting individual agents down, but but they they cannot do the things that the teams do. Like like we have uh, people that take care of the marketing. We have people that take care of of the broker loading. We mm-hmm. all we mm-hmm. have all that. But I just couldn't believe the numbers. Uh, that were mentioned that 75% of uh, teams are doing the business in uh, in the GTA. And I'm sure the Hamilton, uh, the Burlington Real Estate Board, is the stats got to be very close yeah. to the same. Yeah. Well, with, with the golfy team, as you mentioned, you have so many different tentacles and people doing different things that it's almost a, a big box store of real estate, really. Basically, yeah, yeah. it is. Um, yeah. It, it, it's more, it's more client focused. You know, everything from our our you know client feedback manager to to our marketing department mm-hmm. to you know our our photographer and and um, you know um, the guy dro- who flies the yeah. drone. Yeah. Yeah. The drone yeah. <laughs> right. We have system, We have team. systems in place that uh, uh, that take care of every every aspect from right. the start, right from the beginning to the end of uh, of from putting your house up for sale to being right to the closing date. And then when it comes to to the advertisements. It's those ads are already there. That ad space is already bought in terms of you know with, with the specific papers and um, specific online marketing things that we we do. That ad space is already bought. So all we have to do is take your listing or your home and drop it in. Mm-hmm. It's not like we need to create a whole new ad every single time we get a new listing. Right. It's, it's it's a system that's in place that that's you know very effective in in, in a time manner that that we just kind of implement your home or your listing into our our home selling system mm-hmm. which which allows us to be successful 
Uh, interesting topic here. What is attracting Chinese buyers to Canadian real estate despite the foreign buyer taxes? Yeah, so there was an article that came out this week, and, and it's it was kind of a, a result as to, you know, what's going on with the foreign buyer tax, how, how has it affected us, and where, where we are today. And what this article stated is that the foreign buyers, um, in terms of what they're looking at online, the numbers are actually up. The numbers are actually up in terms of the Chinese looking online and saying, hey, listen, I want to buy a house in Canada. Mm-hmm. Where do I get started and what's for sale? And, and they've, they've kind of, you know, did, a, did a, a little bit of a research project and related it back to, to education. And that's what's attracting many of the foreign buyers from China to Canada. And, and the main reason is, is it comes down to, to price. Um, and then price and then, and then quality of, of education. Um, they found that, that uh, Canadian tuition fees were 42% cheaper than those in the U.S. And that's, as a, that's even as a, as a foreign student. And we all know that, that uh, Canada subsidizes edu- education and a, a lot of Ontario residents and Canadian residents get, get a, a, a cheaper education. And then you'll have, you know, your, your foreign exchange student in a classroom or whatever. And, and you're like, you're paying $42,000. <laughs> and, you know, you, you yeah. break it down. It's like, okay, so this class just cost you two grand and right. the left halfway through, right? So it's... <laughs> I or mean, skip it all together. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it's it's it kind of you break it down that way. But us, in comparison to the U.S., um, we're still a very attractive country to come mm-hmm. to in terms of in terms of education, and and, and it's top tier education as well. It's not you know we have a, a really good system going on. It's hard for me to say that right now as as I drive by all the college teachers that are on <laughs> that are on strike picketing right. outside Mohawk College there. But but I mean it's still it's it's a you're still a very attractive. Uh, attractive country mm-hmm. for for education and and i wanted to see like i remember when the foreign buyers tax first came out i said oh it's just speculation and we kind of related it back to us and we said we've really never worked with a foreign buyer mm-hmm. and you don't really see them that often because they often find loopholes to make themselves not a foreign buyer because obviously with this tax nobody wants to be a foreign buyer and pay this additional tax so what they'll do is they'll get a cousin they'll get a friend they'll get somebody else they'll they'll you know they'll find a company that can buy a house and kind of do it that way right to avoid this tax now you know some of these people are you know probably don't bat an eye at it and they're you know a lot of them are in the top one percent in terms of income earners and in, in china and you know an extra 20 grand or 30 grand probably won't impact their lifestyle mm-hmm. that much. So so th- those are the ones that are that are considered foreign buyers. There's a lot more foreign buyers out there than we know than what's recorded. Right. And and I think that that it's just a testament to to they're still going to come. Um I think when the when the foreign buyer tax it was all speculation. It actually impacted our housing market a touch, but I think it's, you know, for the from the amount of foreign buyers that people think there are, there's not there's not a lot. So if I could speak to that just for a second, Phil, as well. Um, It seems that over the past year, the foreign buyer has been in the news more than ever before. It seems that they're almost being portrayed as the scapegoat, the reason why uh, house prices have escalated so much in the last year. So uh, CMHC... at CMHC right now, um, our assessments, which actually our Hamilton assessment was just released yesterday, our Q4 Hamilton uh, housing assessment was just released yesterday. And in seven of 15 markets right now, overvaluation is still a concern. So our minister, Minister Duclos, has uh, has tasked us to do a deep dive report into the escalating home prices in Toronto, in Vancouver, in some of the major centres. So we'll be seeing a report 
probably towards the end of December 2017. And that will probably give us a much clearer um, picture as to what sort of impact the foreign buyer is having on house price escalation right now. It's an interesting topic. That's uh, that's for sure, and uh, something that should be studied and see how uh, you know how both sides can benefit if uh, if that's the case. Um, we'll move to the Bank of Canada and what uh, Stephen Paulos did uh, just uh, the other day, keeping the the benchmark interest rate steady at one percent, but also hinting that uh, we could see some further hikes sometime down the road. Yeah. So you know what, what I'm getting from my clients is. They just want stability, and we want stability too, because they're coming to us and saying, "Hey, you know, when's the best time to sell? When should we sell? Right. This is our current position. What should we do?" And and I'm kind of sitting there, and I'm like, "Well, there's no stability in the market right now. It's I can't give you an answer because, you know, all all every every graph, everything has been thrown thrown out the window because the government has come in and, and and put you know their hands on the market and and, and have controlled the market. We don't know what's going to happen with you know in, in terms of any more policies that are going to be implemented. Right. Um, I was listening to Tim Hudak talk, and, he's, and he said the same thing. He goes, he goes, these instruments are 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 what are what affecting our our housing market right now, and 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 that's what that's what he's going to, for, and, and he just wants the stability. So I think this is a great article that's come out, keeping the benchmark interest rate at one percent. It, it shows stability. It shows that you know we're going to be here for a little bit longer, mm-hmm. um, and I think it it puts a lot of home owners at ease right now, and knowing that you know they could be comfortable with with the benchmark rate at 1%. Yeah, I think a, I think a third consecutive hike would have probably told the the home buyer and the homeowner that uh, especially those in variable rate mortgages that uh, you know th- this is really snowballing now, yeah. you know, three in a row. And you get into those, you know, the unintended consequences, right? Pe- pe- there's always going to be home ownership, and people will always be able to find a way towards home ownership. Right. And once you once you start to begin to hike these these rates, People look to, to for for secondaries mm-hmm. in terms of if they want to go from a bank to a credit union, which is a little bit less regulated than than a bank. And then if you you know if the credit union doesn't work out, you go to the secondary market. And once you hit that secondary market, you're you know higher interest rates. There's more money going into the pockets of the yeah. lenders instead of the home. So, you know, I understand that you want to you want to support the housing market and and kind of you know help it, but but there's those unintended consequences which, which might happen and, and have a snowball effect mm-hmm. because you know from my understanding if, if somebody wants to buy a house they you know they'll they'll access every avenue they they can to possibly yeah. get that house right? and we might see more people jump into the rental market because that's the only place that they can turn to yeah and right. and then you've seen that you know how they've brought you know they they want to bring uh, rent controls and the the no vacancy tax and mm-hmm. and that sort of thing so it, it's going to be interesting but it's it would be nice just. So we, we, we can stop speculating. We can, you know, come back to a, a little bit more of a balanced market and, and kind of see some stability within the within the housing yeah. the housing prices. You're listening to the uh, Hamilton Real Estate Show on 900 CHML. Don't forget, call the Golfie team at 905-575-7700. RobGolfie.com is the website. That's Rob, G-O-L-F-I.com. All over Twitter and Instagram, the handle is at Rob Golfie. And check out the Rob Golfie Facebook page. If you have a question for the Golfie team, the email address is questions at robgolfie.com, questions at robgolfie.com. How resilient is uh, Canadian housing to a U.S.-style crash, plunging oil prices? Uh, we have a CMHC uh, stress test results. So who wants to address this? The resiliency of the Canadian housing market. Okay, well, uh, I guess uh, we're talking about the stress test that's uh, kicking in gear in January mm-hmm. of this year. Yes. So um, now... 
the government p- puts this on, right, uh, Lindsay? Yeah, why don't, why don't I do a quick update <laughs> yeah. for everybody here? <laughs> what's, what, what's going so on? So this has been a really, really big week in terms of, uh, in terms of policy. So as we saw uh, yesterday, Bank of Canada, or yeah, yesterday, mm-hmm. Bank of Canada chose to uh, keep its key overnight rate at 1%. What does that mean for mortgage lenders? That means that the benchmark rate that they're lending at right now today is 4.89%. Now that is certainly subject to change. Now, on October 17th, which would have been, I believe, last week, Tuesday, OSFI uh, released some changes as well. After a long consultation, uh, they released some changes as well that are going to impact the major mortgage lenders in the area. So uh, the the uh, guideline is called the B20 guidelines. And essentially what it is, is it has instituted a brand new minimum qualifying rate for uh, for uninsured mortgages. An uninsured mortgage is somebody that has that 20% down, be it a purchase or a refinance. So right now they're qualifying at the contract rate, which is the rate that the lender is offering for them. Um, Now, starting January 1st, 2018, they will be having to qualify at the greater of the Bank of Canada benchmark rate or the contract rate that they're being offered plus 2%. So let's give an example. If somebody is currently being offered, uh, today if somebody is being offered, say, 3.29% for five years, that would mean that their mortgage has to qualify at 5.29%. So that means if you're looking at a $700,000 house, uh, you can buy it. But next year, you only can afford a five hundred thousand dollar house. Hmm. Let's just say maybe that's an extreme yeah, difference. It, it, <laughs> I, I in would terms of the numbers. I, I would say those numbers are probably not exact, but close. Like very, hmm. uh, depending on your income and, and, and the ratios. Yeah. But but yeah, basically it's gonna be it's gonna be a swing of, of two hundred thousand dollars. And who, are, who the people that these are affecting are, are the you know the good savers, the people that are good with their money because you know they can afford to put twenty percent down, or the people that have a lot of the, a lot of the equity in their house that that you know can can port their mortgage or or transfer their mortgage but the amounts are going to be much less than, than what they are so the people that you know wanted to start in a townhouse and and kind of had a five-year plan in place and say hey listen you know we're going to buy this starter home and then move up to you know a detached home or or whether it's an apartment to a townhouse or or whatever it is that plan isn't going to work anymore based on these regulatory yeah, so it. certainly, certainly, let's let's just make sure that we get all the regulations out before uh, before we start uh, into into a big debate. So certainly, the one thing is the brand new minimum qualifying rate, and that will have the biggest impact. I I would think that would have the biggest impact. Um, there's also uh, some regulations around um, lenders having to enhance their own loan to value measurement limits um, so that they can be dynamic and responsive to risk. I know risk is certainly something that we have on the agenda to keep talking about as well. As well, OSFI has asked that um, there's some restrictions being placed on certain lending arrangements um, that are designed to maybe circumvent traditional arrangements. So those are things like bundling of mortgages. Now those, the last two guidelines, they're a little bit vague at this point. So we're certainly looking for some clarification as to what that's going to mean. But let's talk about, let's talk about the new qualifying rate. Um, it certainly will be impacting uh, affordability for buyers starting January 1st. I would say to anybody that is looking to be purchasing in the next few months, it's of incredible importance to keep your professionals close to you right now. Stay in constant contact with your mortgage professional. Stay close to your realtors. This is the time where you're going to need their experience and professionalism to, to be able to draw on it. 
I'd like to encourage you as well. The world is not going to be ending on January 1st, 2018. <laughs> I was going to say, it just got heavy uh, in here for a minute. <laughs> yes, we've, uh, for, for those of us that have some experience in this industry, we've seen some incredible changes in how we're financing mortgages, and we've seen incredible evolution in the way that we're financing mortgages. In 2007, a first-time homebuyer could could buy with 100% financing. They could take that out over 40 years. You could buy a rental property with 5% down. You could refinance your home up to 95%. And as there have been incredible changes in policy that have sort of backed away from that, we're still doing business. We're still being able to put business on the books. We're still having incredible uh, sales. We're still having a great real estate year. So there is positivity, but now is the time that you need to rely on your professionals. Does this also impact mortgage renewals or just people who are, who are getting into a home or moving to another home? I would say that this would impact anybody that is looking to requalify. Okay. So typically with a renewal, your lender does not ask you to requalify mm-hmm. unless it's a, a special circumstance. This is for those people that are looking at getting into another home or perhaps looking to refinance their home. Okay. I, I would think it would be like if you have a mortgage with a certain uh, lending company mm. and then you wanted to jump to another lending company, I'm not sure if that would... Yeah, it, that it, would be a requalify. That okay. would be a yeah. requalify. But but if you're renewing after your five-year term is up, right. they automatically just renew it and then it just continues on. But uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's it, it, I know the world's not ending on January 1st, <laughs> but, uh, but it is going to change a lot of things. There's no doubt. I think it's going to hurt the... Um, uh, as would would you say the middle class a little bit uh, that would want to buy that little they want to uh, do a little bit of a step up they're not going to be able to do that mm-hmm. yeah. certainly it's probably the best time to approach your home buying process carefully with your professionals and make sure that you're approaching it with with an analytical eye typically in in Hamilton if you were sort of an average household income over the last couple of years you've been able to probably purchase a home that sort of checks off all of the needs and perhaps a lot of the wants and it's going to be a, a period of adjustment for absolutely everybody. Mm-hmm as we learn to uh, play within these uh, these new regulations. That makes a lot of sense. We're going to take our next break here. When we come back, uh, more from uh, Lindsay Harvey from CMHC, Rob and Philip Golfie as well. You're listening to the Hamilton Real Estate Show on 900 CHML. Our house is a very, very, very fine house With two cats in the yard Life used to be so hard Welcome back. This is the Hamilton Real Estate Show on 900 CHML. My name's Rick Samprin in studio with Rob Golfie and Philip Golfie, sales representatives with Remax Escarpment Realty, the Golfie team. Our special guest today is Lindsay Harvey from Canada Mortgage and Housing Corporation. Call the Golfie team today, 905-575-7700. That's 905-575-7700. Find them online at robgolfie.com. That is Rob, G-O-L-F-I.com. At Rob Golfie on Twitter and Instagram, check out the Rob Golfie Facebook page as well. If you have a question for the Golfie team, whether it's buying, selling, anywhere in between, email your question to questions at robgolfie.com. Again, that's questions at robgolfie.com. Uh, earlier this week, uh, CMHC sent out a report about um, uh, Hamilton, amongst uh, some other cities, Toronto, Vancouver, Victoria, Saskatoon, being highly vulnerable in terms of uh, overbuilding, overacceleration, uh, obviously a hot housing market. Uh, Phil, Rob, maybe some, some 
uh, thoughts on um, on what CMHC is saying about our market? Well, I, you know what, CMHC, I, I think they're they're kind of, well, they're an insurance company, right? So they're always being cautious and they want to make sure that they're not uh, having to take over properties that people can't uh, afford because uh, the last thing they want is, you know, defaults. defaults. Right. So they're, they're being very cautious and uh, they want to make sure that people can afford their homes and they're not living um, paycheck to paycheck, which a lot of people do, but they want to make sure that even if interest rates do go up and when the renewal comes, they're not devastated and having forced to sell their house. So actually, what 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 they're basically doing with this uh, with, with with the vulnerability and the stress test uh, back to the stress test is that they want to make sure people are going to still own their homes mm-hmm. even after when there's interest rate hikes. But with this, uh, what they're talking about, you know, Toronto, Vancouver, Victoria, Saskatoon, um, I, you know, it's. Like I, they have more stats than I do. I mean, they—that's their business, and they're and they're studying it. And like, and I think Saskatoon, Victoria, and uh, I think Hamilton was Hamilton on that list. Hamilton's in there too. Yeah, Hamilton's on that list. They're the smaller cities versus Toronto, uh, Toronto, Vancouver, and mm-hmm. Montreal. And Montreal's not even on there. But I, I, I still feel that uh, the market's strong. Um, I don't think there's uh, a vulnerability on over overheated market. Mm-hmm. I, I think. Adjustments happen like throughout the year. Um, markets change almost every month, and or even like quarterly or whatever. You you see like most people don't see it, but we see it. We see the adjustments happening, and um, and we're we're living it. We're in the trenches. We see we see what's going on. Uh, CMHC finds uh, finds these numbers out after each month, and they see the difference that's happening. But. Um, it, it, I could see Toronto, Vancouver being highly runnable markets because that's the first place uh, everybody wants to move to. That's where all the jobs are, the corporations, and everything else. Mm. Um, so it, it's it's hard to say. I, you know, I, I still think um, you know we've we've had a great market since 1995. Uh, you know, after the 90, early 90s recession, and, right. and we've had strong growth since 1995 till now, except for the you know the 2008 little blip that we had there for that little you know, six-month recession. Uh, we've talked a lot about uh, Hamilton, Toronto, Vancouver. Saskatoon and Victoria kind of sting out or uh, stick out the... Uh, I'm not sure what's happening there. Maybe Victoria is pulling in the, you know, the Vancouver people who can't afford to live there anymore. <laughs> yeah. But Saskatoon is really like, wow, Saskatoon. Yeah, like that's... that's uh, I find... Uh, I, I remember I was in a cab uh, about uh, three, four years ago, and... Uh, the guy was telling me he had to stay there for five years <laughs> before he could move to any other city. Cause really? I guess, I'm not sure if he was a, a refugee or he was an immigrant. I know he was an immigrant, but I don't know. But what they're doing is they're trying to spread uh, immigrants across Canada. Right. And they're saying, listen, we'll take you in, but you're going to have to stay in this city for five years. Mm-hmm. So they're hoping that people will, you know, establish a life. Yeah, put you know, down roots. Yeah, put roots start there. Start a business, whatever, yeah. And uh, before they move into the big city, because uh, everybody, that's where everybody wants to go is the big city. But, uh, but yeah, I, Saskatoon, I was like shocked. I yeah. mean, that's, uh, I think, is it Saskatoon, is it the population less, like half as much as Hamilton? Uh, it's way less, yeah. yeah I think it's so, around 200,000 or something. Yeah. That's just a guess, but yeah. yeah. So why don't we uh, why don't we speak locally just for yes. one quick second and we'll talk just a little bit about Hamilton's uh, housing market assessment. Okay. So we had mentioned now for for the fifth quarter now that uh, we've identified some uh, vulnerabilities in Hamilton's housing market, um, and it's 
the sort of the the key point to take away here is in Hamilton, house prices are continuing to grow and have continued to grow more quickly than the levels that are supported by the economic and demographic fundamentals. So mm-hmm. things like household incomes and employment and price levels are continuing to to expand beyond that. So if you take a look in Hamilton, the areas that we've identified as some vulnerabilities are overheating. Um, price acceleration, um, overvaluation. It almost works like a stoplight system, Rick. It's a, it's, it's a bit interesting. So it's red, yellow, and green. Mm-hmm. So for overheating and price acceleration, that, that's yellow. That, that's cautionary. Uh, overvaluation in Hamilton is, is, is red. It's still, it's still a significant concern. Okay. Where we don't have a specific concern in Hamilton right now is overbuilding. But our overall assessment, we still have it as, as red. We still, we still certainly have some concerns. Mm. Okay. I'm going to get to a couple of those points when we come back in our final segment here. You're listening to the Hamilton Real Estate Show on 900 CHML. Our house in the middle of our street. Our house in the middle of our Welcome back. Final go-round here on the Hamilton Real Estate Show on 900 CHML. My name's Rick Samprin in studio today with Rob Golfie and Philip Golfie, sales representatives with Raymax's Scartman Realty, the Golfie team. Lindsay Harvey is from CMHC, that's Canada Mortgage and Housing Corporation. You can get a hold of the Golfie team at 905-575-7700. Again, that's 905-575-7700. RobGolfie.com is the website, robgolfi.com, at Rob Golfie on Instagram and and Twitter and check out the Rob Golfie Facebook page. And I believe the CMHC website is cmhc.com? cmhc.ca. Ca. But good try, Rick. Uh, so close. So close. Um, things like overheating, uh, uh, overpricing or price acceleration, uh, these are terms that, that you guys use. Do you guys see this in the market in terms of, I guess obviously we saw it earlier in the year and, and towards the end of last year. Yeah, I think, I think earlier in the year you saw the effects of very low supply and, yeah. and a lot of the you know, a lot of the econ- economists came out and said, you know, you need more supply, more supply, you know, more permits, more developments and, and more, more buildings. Um, and, and, and that's, that's what, that's what I think where we are right now is, is give people more opportunity at home ownership with, with more houses. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's one of the main things that, that we hear. And, and I am, Tim Hudak speaks, um, you know, every time you listen to him, every time he talks is, is he goes, you got to create more supply. Um, and that starts with with the city centers being able to hand out you know more per- permits and making it easier to do right. developments that way. Uh, I do want to ask you guys earlier this week, Airbnb and a building in Toronto, an apartment building in Toronto or condo, uh, came to an agreement where, where they're tabbing this as a friendly building where people in this building can rent out <laughs> their their spaces, uh, you know, via Airbnb. And and the city of Toronto is now investigating, saying, you know, wait a second, this is basically a hotel. I mean, we can't we can't do this. Yeah. So what it is is ba- it's it's an apartment building, and each apartment is its own separate Airbnb. So it's a hotel without you know the hotel insurance or right. the hotel brand or the, or the hotel ho- tax yeah or right? the, yeah or, or the hotel tax and um so basically is is they're trying to avoid this airbnb has completely changed the hotel industry has hurt the hotel industry so the the hotel corporations are going to these big cities and saying listen you have to help us out yeah. you know our vacancy rates have gone up huge a huge number and you have you know in other words these people couch serving off other people's Airbnb properties. <laughs> yeah. And and you know for somebody traveling it's a lot of people use Airbnb. It's a great tool to use. It's it's a cost effective tool to use. It's something that you can use and you can 
you can reduce the amount of your trip dramatically. And part of the Airbnb is the experience, right? When you go to a hotel, whether it's, you know, a Ritz-Carlton or a, a Hilton or whatever, you mm. know what you're getting with every city you go to. Right. And it's usually the ones who, who are, you know, kind of hopping around the Airbnbs that always have the fun travel stories. When they come back, it's because it's it's the unknown. You don't know what you're getting, right? right. You're yeah. going to, you you might get up into a place that, you know, the water doesn't work and, you know, it, I don't know. It's just the adversity of, of traveling, which makes it more fun. But yeah. yeah. So this, this, it's, I guess it's a new, it's a new, new, you know, a 2017 it's a whole new hotel. World. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's what, it's what, it's what's going on. And, I guess, you know, people are going to have to adapt to it and, and, and compete with it, mm-hmm. right? If if the hotel wants to compete with Airbnb, Airbnb reduce your prices, yeah. right? It's it's what's going on. Still too risky for me. I, I want to know what I'm getting. I want to see yeah, what I'm the, getting. You know the, what I mean? I could tell you a story uh, that I actually heard from the uh, the president uh, and the owner of uh, Airbnb, uh, and they rectified it, but uh, there was a... Uh, uh, a picture of uh, of the unit and everything else like that. So people paid for it, and when they got to the place, it was a vacant lot. <laughs> <laughs> so when they got there, there oh, was nothing yeah. there. So they, but but uh, uh, Airbnb, they called Airbnb, and they were reimbursed, and uh, they made a big effort trying to find them accommodations immediately. Nice. And uh, so they actually, you know what, they're they they're, they're, they work hard to make sure they everybody's pleased because, I mean, stuff like that. I mean. You know, they don't know. Like, I mean, everybody usually puts a picture, the mm-hmm. location, this and that. So the location, um, I guess there was a building there before, but it's been torn down. But yeah. somebody was trying to make some money. Interesting. So, but they reimbursed that. I, I remember the story they were telling about that. But hmm. that's just one incident. Uh, another story, uh, a shocking fine for a realtor. What, what's happening here? Yeah. So in uh, Orange County, North Carolina, um, there was a, a house for sale and, and the agent you know, showing the property, bringing, bringing her clients through, you know, potential buyers. And, uh, she walks into the property and finds two dead bodies inside. Ouch. Um, she, you know, the, the 911 call states that she just labeled it as there's blood everywhere, oh, just, wow. just all over wow. the place. And, um, you know, a pretty scary situation in, in terms of being first on the scene and, you know, you're in a professional environment, you know, not definitely not something that you expect as yeah. a, as a realtor walking, showing up to a property to show it to your potential clients. And you just know that that individual is going to be thinking about that every time every they step time. into the every next time. house. It's like the unknown behind, like every time you feel, you open the door and you're walking into somebody else's house, it's, wow. it's you know, so pretty scary situation. And, and it's like, what do you, what do you do? Right? Like now, did they find out what happened to the two people? Uh, they think it was a, uh, a murder suicide. Wow. Um, but I haven't really read too much into the story. It's kind of a, a scary, Very t- sad. T- you know, scary headline to, to dive into right away. But yeah. I'm, you know, definitely, uh, definitely making waves across the real estate industry in terms of, you know, from our experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. We had we had one, uh, it was just over 10 years ago, uh, an agent that worked with me, her name was Paula. She uh, she, walked, she was ready to do an open house mm-hmm. and she found uh, somebody uh, dead in the, in the shower. Really? Yeah, it was, it was pretty sad. It was scary. Yeah, it's, it's, it, 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 it does do a traumatic effect on somebody. It's not something you want to see or, or have anybody uh, go through. But, uh, but yeah, you, know, you never know. There's all sorts of things in the world wow. that uh, you come across. What's the worst thing you've seen? Myself, I know you had the you. I mean, you have a million stories. Yeah, <laughs> I got. I don't. You know what? I don't think. The, I was, th- the, I was the, thinking the about scariest, the dungeon. I was thinking the, about the dungeon. Yeah, the one. dungeon. That yeah, that that was a scary one. Another one is when you're in the basement and you open up a door and you see 
uh, a Jimmy, a German Shepherd sitting there when you open the door, and he doesn't, and he's not even barking. Like you don't know there's a dog in this house, Whoa. so you open the door. I mean, he's loose. Like, and I'm like, as soon as I open the door, and I'm like, oh my god, like you shut it. Like talk about scary moment. Like this dog was a creepy dog. Like, right. like bark. Tell us that you're behind there. You know, like usually dogs bark. <laughs> Give when me a sign. Yeah, usually dogs bark when there's strangers in the oh. house. But this guy was being silent. I think he wanted to sneak up I on think us. So. Yeah. I think so. Seem like very fitting stories with Halloween. Just right yeah, right so, yeah. yeah. Phil, do you have a quick story? We've got about 30 seconds. No, not yet. Not, not, I, I not yet. Not, nothing not yet. off the top of my head that I can <laughs> I can think of. But, I mean, there's been a couple times where you're going through a house and, and somebody's sleeping in, in their bed. Like, <laughs> it's like – and it's just an awkward – it's an awkward Yeah, what do you thing. do? It's like, okay, so they don't know I'm here. Have I awakened them up? And then do I still open the door to, for my clients to show them the room? Do you right? go back out and knock uh, heavily? <laughs> Guys, uh, we're running out of time. Uh, thanks very much for coming in. Uh, we'll be on the air next Saturday at 9 here on 900 CHM.